welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2022 eyes. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Back. Sorry Back. for the unplanned hiatus yeah. basically <laughs> i just have been sick since february <laughs> laura jane has been and had no <laughs> sleep has had a pox on her house for i don't yeah. know for two months solid now entering <sighs> her fourth, uh, third month <laughs> it turns out Ill. when you have a baby in a pandemic and you're pretty much not doing anything or going anywhere they have no immune system so as soon as you send them into the outside world to do things such as nursery or daycare they get all the things all like the every things. bug that is even sniffing around anywhere they get it and they are ill and they have never been ill before so they don't know how to cope and the one of the ways that they think they're coping is by refusing to sleep and that is a problem because I was going back to work and I need I need I don't know about you guys but I need sleep to be able to you know live and function in the world um so yeah all of a sudden I uh had no sleep again like the newborn days except this time I had to have a job at the same time so So, and you, you know, were catching bug after b- every bug he caught. Oh, I was getting to ill you. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it was quite the, bad. the chances of being able to do this were like laughable. Like yeah. literally, <laughs> Eleanor would be like, "Are you feeling?" And I'd be like, "No, no, <laughs> like, okay. it's not happening. Not yet. <laughs> no worries." <laughs> oh, but you know, know we're it's... coming. I would say we're coming through the other side, but actually we're all still kind of ill. Ill. <laughs> we've just we're just we've just figured out how to live with it's it. It's now so. the new normal. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So oh, I God. mean, here here I am. I'm here. You have your voice, just which you be didn't grateful. have last week, did you? You lost no, your voice last, last week. Last week we were going to record and I got tonsillitis and couldn't speak. So. Uh, it's just been <sighs> what, literally one thing after the other. It's not been good. Um, it's not fun. But... It was like whack-a-mole. It was like every time we thought we got rid of one, another one pops up. It was like, not another cold. No. Ah, a runny nose. No. Ah, cough. Fuck off. No, we've had 12. <laughs> it's a bug's life up in here. <laughs> it was a li- It's literally a bug's life up in here. For sure. <laughs> but you're feeling relatively cool. human enough to cast yeah. a pod. <laughs> Well, I'm trying. That's all I can ask of myself. I can but try. And, um, so yeah, we we did we did warn you guys when we started this season that what with Laura Jane's new uh, motherhood status, it was uh, we we might not be as reliable as we want. Turns were. out we are not at all reliable. <laughs> Babies, they ruin any chance you may have of any kind of predictability or punctualness or, you know, they just got other ideas. They're like, hey, I don't live on no schedule. I don't live on no timetable. I don't live on no sleep. Yeah. Sleep? Who needs that? Um, Your mother, that's who. They have have their own ideas and uh, some of those ideas are not good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Bad ideas. <laughs> but, you know, 
But we, move. we are here. We are here. Yeah. We are here today to finally talk about the next episode, which was episode 11 of season four, Mr. Bo. Mr. Bo. <laughs> Inter selector. Making moves, yeah, on the dance block. On the dance block. <laughs> Real hot cop. Chew. With Craig David all over your boy. <laughs> DJ, it's all up to you. And the crowd goes loud. Tell me what you're going to do. Rewind. When the crowd says, Bo, select. Okay. So yeah, we're rewinding to have the crowd say, Mr. Bo, select. Yes. So let's get into it. So Mr. Bo... <laughs> First aired 22nd of January 2001. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties, the other decade more problematic than it looks. Uh, so, uh, cultural stuff. That was a really weird noise. I was like, uh, uh, 2001. What a, what a year. What a year. So this is, do you remember me saying um, earlier on in the season that there's like, there are periods in in this season of Ali when it aired where there's like literally nothing going on? Yeah, because it was like the news cycle was waiting for September. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Like, and we've just hit our first, like the next sort of, I'd say three episodes like what? cultural cultural there can't stuff be like nothing is like super sparse it is really sparse i have really had to like i got liam what, on what this. was the date again what was so the this, date so the date this came out was the 22nd of january 2001 so i mean i don't know why i'm googling it because i'm sure that's like the first thing you do but yes. <laughs> so i'm like UK, no i can find it out the u.s number one is Still, Destiny's Child with Independent Women. And the UK number one, I'll give you the artist, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. What's the song? Uh, uh, Is it Jenny from the Block? No, that's way too late. Mm, As in it's after that. No, as in it's before. Is it? Um. Now I want to know when Jenny from the Block came out. Hang on. When did Jenny from the Block... 2002. I was right. 2002 came out after. Yeah, I'll tell you for why that I know this. It's because, do you remember, it was around this time that we got... Well, in 2001, we moved house. And that was around the time that we got a digital TV for the first time and yes. we got music, cha- the free music the channel. music channel, TMZ. And, <laughs> and the hits. No, not TMZ. Not was TMZ. TMZ is the gossip site. Oh yeah. What was it? Can't what? remember. But anyway. TMS. TMS. Is what your 
thinking of? I don't know. Anyway, this is beside the point. <laughs> the point is, when they first launched those channels, they only had about five or six videos that they'd cycle through before they got the rights yes. to more. And Jenny from yes. the Block was one of them. One of them. So that's how I know. So know that, yeah. know that video off by heart. <laughs> yes, There's exactly. Because like we saw it literally half hour, every yeah. half hour. Yeah, yes. Yes, you're right. I remember. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 before that obviously it's 2001 yeah so is it love don't cost a thing it is my love don't yeah. cost a thing you think i don't know my jennifer lopez you would be wrong <laughs> well it's interesting because if we're coming up on <clears throat> ne- the, the next year it was when jenny from the block came out and that's famously the video with benefer in ben it Affleck, yeah. um, and now they've just got engaged again <laughs> Mm-hmm. today that. like well last night they announced it or she announced it on her instagram yeah oh my god what's yeah. that is their second engagement Let's yeah. see if we can make it to the wedding this time <laughs> interestingly the first uh engagement ring that he got her back in this day and age Era. of Annie reveal was like uh it was it like was a, a pink, pink diamond stone yeah well this time around it's green Okay. I don't know what that means, but he's like buts, green, buts. like money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How funny! Um, so there oh, you go. It wow. all comes back around. It's come full circle, guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the only thing I have, speaking of Jennifer Lopez, um, the yeah. first of February. Yeah. So uh, this is the closest thing I could get to the 22nd of January was something interesting <laughs> happening. It was on the 1st of February. Um, yeah. J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez herself, becomes yeah. the first ever female artist to have both a number one album and a number one film in the US that week. And the album was J-Lo uh, and the movie yeah. was The Wedding Planner. Oh, there you go. Well yeah, done. I nice know. <laughs> like groundbreaking J Lo. Um, yeah. Did you ever see the wedding planner? Yeah. I've not seen of course it. I have. Oh, it's one of those ones that I always watch. Like if Russ is out, and I'm like, I just want to watch a rom com, a stupid rom com. I'll put it on Netflix Fluffy. if it's on Netflix. Yeah, frothy, frothy um, rom-com. Just okay. because Russ would literally never watch. Never in a million. <laughs> no, he's not a rom-com sort of person, which annoys me because I'm like, there's nothing wrong with them per se. Like, there's good ones and bad ones yeah, in the genre, like, just like any other genre, you know? Liam's very, like, uh, happy to watch a rom-com if it's good. We watched... Um, yeah. What was the last one we watched recently? I think it was Four Weddings and a Funeral we watched recently because neither of us had seen it in like years and years and years um but yeah that's all i have for culture stuff is j-lo is the culture uh around this time that's all there is it's j-lo <laughs> yeah that's all that was happening okay all right well so shall we crack on into uh the episode proper then who this mr yes. bow is and what the hell he's jangling about <laughs> 
Um, so we open with Melanie and John having a very cute time um, dancing at the bar and they're sort of dancing temple to temple to Vonda and her guitarist um, and they're singing Something Stupid by Frank and Nancy Sinatra, classic. Um, and they're both... Um, Melanie and John are saying that they used to pretend that either Frank or Nancy respectively were singing this song to them when they were little and um, Melanie's then being really flirty and she's like John do you want to walk me home tonight and he just turns to her so they're like nose to nose and it's like "Ooh, it's on yeah we'll come together um, cut to them walking through the corridors of the building that she lives in and Melanie is like rambling basically and ticking all over the place and she's basically saying that she's nervous because um she's ticking more than normal that's because she's nervous and she admits that she's never brought a man or anyone back to her apartment before um and I was thinking do you know what of all the people to admit that to John's probably one of the better people to because um he's he he'd be really good in that sort of situation and he's been very cute um and he goes well I'm honored then I certainly hope my underwear is clean <laughs> Um, and then they go in and has anyone I say has anyone have you seen um tiny house nation have you no. ever watched that no it's it's an american sh like reality show essentially um and it's basically showcasing like they follow different people um like tiny tiny houses are like a phenomena where you basically build a house that's like they're usually mobile so they're like on wheels but they're like I see tiny tiny sort of like people houses. making like turning school buses and just general caravans into like uh little homes for themselves so I've seen TikToks of that kind of thing yeah so basically Melanie's apartment is like that but like an apartment rather than a uh, home. <laughs> yeah exactly um so it's but it's like ridiculously bijou in a state agent talk um and there's like whimsical magical plinky plonk music as john kind of looks around in wonder and melanie's explaining that she feels like safe and cozy there and there's this like overhead shot that shows that it's like a really small square small room. room. Um, and John's like, well, where do you even sleep? And Melanie starts sort of showing him how the place works. So the tiny dining table and the chairs like pack away into this unit that's against the wall. And then a Murphy bed, like wall bed mm. comes down. And John's like, is there a commode? And Melanie's like, why, yes. And she shows him that the toilet is hidden under an armchair, which then sort of, <laughs> the, the armchair comes up and disappears into a sort I'm of like, red lampshade flag, red flag, and then like this, this, mod <laughs> this modesty curtain then falls down and I, no. yeah I was like no, 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 no. absolutely not <laughs> but John is like thoroughly charmed and he's like I quite love it and he thinks it's magical and he's like how did you find it and she says well I know the super who set me up and then they sit down on the bed and they start sort of making out <laughs> but then all of a sudden the whole room starts shaking and John like screams and falls off the bed and is like <laughs> oh my god earthquake but Melanie's like no 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 it's not an earthquake there's one other thing it's not technically an apartment it's an old service elevator and the room starts sort of descending as John and Melanie sort of hold on to each other for dear life and I was like I have so many questions I'm like yeah 
same. How the fuck, for one, is that toilet plumbed into anything? Like, it can't be <laughs> plumbed in to anything. And I don't know why it's suddenly bothering me now, but why does this show not care about how basic things work? Like, I'm a bit like... <laughs> This is completely nonsensical. Yeah. So, and I was like, and who is charging Melanie rent? I would like to speak to them because this is insane. This is bullshit. Yeah. So then we're in titles. So, so I don't know if this happened on your copy, but after titles, something really weird happened and I had to wind it back several times to see if I imagined it. So, what? you know, like the, the establishing shots... Yeah. After titles, right? We're soaring over Boston. And then there's this one shot where it kind of goes over a big, like, building spire. And it's probably a famous Boston building, but I don't know oh, Boston very yes, well. So I'm not sure. What you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> and yes. then there's like this, like, crash sound as the spire <laughs> makes contact with the side of the frame of the, yeah. like, picture frame. And I was like, this has never happened before. Like, did it, was it, was it just me? Like, no, or did it happen to you no. as well? Yeah, no, that happened on my one too. And I was like, okay, so this show is now, like, what with the toilet in the lift somehow and this now, I'm like, you're proper leaning into the zany. <laughs> I don't know what... Because I was like, maybe they're going to add that into every, like, establishing sequence. But I hope they it don't. just happened that one time. To just do it one well, time. I, but, 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 I was, but, but, but it doesn't make any sense to no, just do it one time. <laughs> what is happening? Because it, it also wasn't a reference. about making sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also like, is it a reference to something that happens later in the episode? But it really is no, not. Like, no. it's just randomly in there <laughs> as a sound effect. It's, it's really odd. A bit of zaniness, that's all. Don't think too hard about it. <laughs> Well, it confused the hell out of me, that's for sure. You can't just throw that in, in the middle of season four and never speak of it again. That's weird. Um, anyway, it's weekly meeting time and John isn't there and Richard asks where he is. And Mark says that he's sitting in on Melanie's class. And I was like, again, objection. <laughs> As discussed, that should not be happening. Um, but then Ling butts in and says he's in love with her he follows her around like a puppy dog it's gross i was like booling just be happy for them what's your problem <laughs> jesus but then richard carries on and announces that they've got a new client roth public relations firm who is being sued for discrimination by a former employee and Richard asks Ali to take it with Mark as second chair. Um, and apparently the employee was a receptionist who says that she was fired because she was too chunky. And Ali is like, well, what are the clients saying about it? And Richard's like, oh, oh yeah, she was fat. And Nell is incredulous that they're just admitting that that was the reason. And Richard's like, oh, she, oh, she is though. I saw a picture. It's a beast. <laughs> I was like, uh, fat phobia jingle? Yes, much? I think so. Yeah. And Annie is like, no, I'm I'm not gonna be taking that case actually. Thank you very much. Good day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Richard 
like forces her to and then to wrap things up says final note now this is fun there's going to be a charity twisting contest at the bar on wednesday night chubby checker is actually going to sing which is a real treat for me since i thought he was what's the word dead <laughs> and he says i uh i bought five entries at 1500 dollars a pop nell you'll have to round up a partner i guess um but nell is like i don't twist and ali also refuses saying that she's not gonna do it either but ling is like i'm a champion twister and i was like of course you are um, and then ali does this like ling growl at ling um and is suddenly interested in taking part all of a sudden. and richard richard suggests that they up the ante with an office bet um and mark and ali are like yeah we're in whereas now just keeps going i don't twist <laughs> and ling just growls back at ali with like a fighting smirk on her face so everyone's you know very excited about everyone's this competition apart from now but the thing i i really hate it like uh, when you know because they do this in ali mcveal like every episode they'll have the morning meeting and you learn what the, the case will be and it's just like when you whenever you hear like a case <laughs> you're just like oh god it's a real trash one this week like and it just puts a yeah. real bummer on the whole thing yeah <laughs> It is. So my spine um, senses are tingling for that my trash. My phobia senses are <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. tingling. <laughs> yes. Um, so over at the school, Melanie is teaching whilst John sits kind of cross-legged with the kids creepily at the back. <laughs> and she's singing the song, Mr. Bojangles, which um, if you don't know, is originally by someone called Jerry Jeff Walker. Um, and I was like, is this episode like a Robbie Williams cover version, Greatest Hits? Because he's done a cover of Mr. Bojangles and Something Stupid with Nicole Kidman, <laughs> which I, I thought I was really funny. He's done Bojangles. I didn't know he'd done that yeah, one. Yeah, so he's, he did that album Swing When You're Winning, which was all oh, swing course. covers. Yeah. And it's on that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, Melanie's singing it and all of the kids are like swaying and singing along and it's really darn toot and cute. Um, <laughs> and Melanie, Melanie, <laughs> Melanie, <laughs> Melanie gets John to start singing along with them too. But then he carries on singing when Melanie puts a pause in the song and all the kids turn and laugh at him. Um, <laughs> And he's like, I meant to do that. <laughs> and the bell then rings for recess. And one of the kids, Benny, asks Melanie when they're going to go and see Mr. Bo again because she promised. And Melanie's like, oh, I'm going to work on it. And Benny runs off and John's like, well, who's Mr. Bo? And Melanie says, oh, it's Mr. Bo Jangles. It's, uh, he's a homeless man that lives on Tremont Street and I used to go past him for years. And once I took the kids to visit him, which almost got her fired, um, and Mrs. Styles won't let her bring him to class. And John says, oh, does <laughs> he really like, dance? Yeah. <laughs> They've not implemented the bring bring a homeless person to work thing no, yet. Sadly, <laughs> not yet. We've, yeah. we've won on bring your boyfriend to work, but not on the homeless ones yet. John asks if he really dances and Melanie says, well, he can. And she, then she says, um, she asks if John wants to meet him um, and she'd love it if he would. And John says, okay, then yes, I will. Um, meanwhile, back at Cajun Fish, um, Elaine lets Ali know that Mark is waiting with the PR client in her office. And Ali's annoyed because she thinks this is silly because no one hires new lawyers on the day of trial. And I was like, I'm sorry, isn't that how they end up getting most of their business? Yes, yeah, it is. Like yeah, it's always they're changing lawyers model. and they need them now. 
So I was like, that's ridiculous. But anyway, um, Elaine says, well, anything can happen around this office. You keep forgetting we don't live in a real world. And Ali is like, well, if chauvinism lives in, um, sorry, and Ali asks if chauvinism lives in the real world. And she's like, firing a receptionist for being fat? Is that what the real world has come to? And then Ali goes into her office and Mark introduces Ali to their client, who is a woman called Jerry Hill. Um, and I don't know if you recognized the woman, the actress playing Jerry Hill, but she's played by Brenda Strong, who is better known as Mary Alice from Desperate Housewives. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah well done. Well so done. Ali, <laughs> well done for IMDBing her. <laughs> So, you know, such a, such a great skill I have. There. Um, but yeah, um, Ali is clearly surprised and was expecting a man with a name like Jerry. Um, but Jerry is thanking Ali for coming in last minute because she says her other lawyers were just not up to it. And Ali goes to sit behind a desk and she asks um, if the receptionist was definitely fired because she was fat. And Jerry says, well, not just fat, overweight. And Ali is like, well, why did that mean that she couldn't do her job and jerry says well she's not attractive enough and at this ali tries to nope out again saying she's not the right lawyer to argue this but jerry for some reason really wants ali and says she needs her because she's out of both lawyers and continuances and apparently richard said that ali was a good attorney with an excellent grasp of the superficial <laughs> and ali's like hmm diddy well i don't think that i can see my way into taking up your cause i don't believe that people should be judged on a first impression but then jerry shoots back that it certainly seems like ali is judging her um and i was like oh, for god's sake how like, this is just dare you why is this happening judge me <laughs> for the things i say how dare you <laughs> that's the that whole also, woman's vibe is like Oh, judge also, me for the things I say and do. How awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I agree. But also, at the same time, I think Ali's being really hypocritical here because she is so, like, the poster child for judging someone on a person. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, suddenly that's a problem for you, is it, Ali? Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying it shouldn't be. It should be, but she's not normally like that. Yeah, that um, is true. So anyway, Ali is still not into taking this case and she's gone back to walk and talk with Richard through the office to tell him about that. But Richard is trying to pull rank, like talking over her saying, I'm the senior partner and I've assigned you the case. And Ali is saying that she can't believe that he wants her to argue that it's okay to evaluate someone based on looks. And whilst they're arguing, they've walked past Ling um, and um, Ling goes, but what else is there? And Ali's like, Ling, why don't you go somewhere and pluck an eyebrow or at least pencil one in? And Ling's like, you know, Ali, back when you were attractive, you didn't mind being judged on beauty alone. It's amazing how principle pops up with wrinkles. Um, and uh-oh, Ling has said the W word because <laughs> Ali sees red and it's like, you know, Ling, I have never challenged a girl to a fight before. And I was like, hang on a minute, record scratch. Have we all forgotten the Georgia Ali boxing uh, match? Absolutely. Because I yeah. certainly have not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh you have challenged like <laughs> you have <Exactly>. definitely <laughs> got into but then and not just not just with georgia like she got into a <laughs> physical fight on the street with a woman once like pushing so many her. fights she's always she's so violent <laughs> she is so violent the violence bill violence <laughs> 
But yeah, so she goes, you know, Ling, I have never challenged a girl to a fight before. Bullshit. And Ling finishes her sentence by saying, but since a black eye could be an improvement. And Ali is like, let's go. But before they can go, Richard is like, hey, 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 you're both grown ups. If you have a score to settle, do it on the dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) And Ali just stumps Richard's chest and storms off. So, yeah, I mean... Slight continuity errors there, David E. Kelly. What the fuck? I mean, I find it really, you know, that line, I can't remember, was it Richard or Mark that said, um, you keep forgetting we don't live in in a real world? Like, uh, (laughs) what do you mean? Like, so one of them, when talking to Ali, says, you keep forgetting we don't live in a real world. Oh, Elaine said it. Oh, is it Elaine? Right, yeah. yeah. I was just like, I really felt like that was day, like a really meta, like David E. Kelly kind of like, yeah, this is just like a live action cartoon at this point. Like, toilets in lifts, cameras bouncing off buildings. <laughs> Goodness me, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, dear. meanwhile, over with Elaine, she has pinned Mark to the wall, insisting that they must their twist because Elaine lost to Ali in the Tina Turner contest of last season and I was like finally some continuity (laughs) (laughs) so she needs to win this one um and quite frankly that would put the world back to rights because it never made sense that Ali won that like in any universe it was Um, bizarre (laughs) (laughs) but then Mark is like uh it's just a charity thing and tries to leave but elaine pins him back and is like well think of me as the charity case because i need to win so back over with melanie and john they are off to see mr bow and they walk along the street and melanie sees a homeless man um there and is like oh that's him can i just are you say, about to say who it is uh, no, no, no 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 i just want to say oh. i really love um because have you noticed like Melanie wears a lot of like 1920s like style yes. hats and hats. she's got this yeah. fur collar like coat yeah, and yeah, it just yeah, makes yeah, her yeah. look like she's just stepped straight out of like a screwball comedy like I yeah. really love the way they style her because it's 90s yeah. but it's very much homaging like it's very much taking its influence from that look and I just I yeah. really love it. I just wasn't yeah, no, I agree. She looks great. Um, so she's like, "Oh, that's him!" And they hurry over, and he's really pleased to see Melanie, and she gives him a big hug. But then she recoils because it turns out that his last shower was at Christmas, <laughs> and then she introduces him to John and says that um, John's a special friend of hers. And Mr. Bow is not excited to see John in the slightest. And he's being very gruff and he won't shake John's hand. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning at this point that Mr. Jo- Mr. Joe, Mr. Bow, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bow is played by um, Richard Jenkins, who I don't know if you know him, but he's a very prolific he's ve- actor. He's in everything. He, wasn't yeah. he in like 60 Under yeah i know him best from a film that i saw when i lived in new york called the visitor um which is a really good film if you've not seen that that's really nice he's like one of the leads in that yeah but he's he's also super he's like in loads of stuff yeah he works a lot with the coen brothers and the farrelly brothers as well so he's been like stepbrothers and burn after reading cabin in the woods um shape of water yeah, he's, in he's, he's, he's like, like one of those actors that you, when you see them, you like 
are like i've seen him in something and it's like yes because you've yeah, seen him everything <laughs> you've seen him in lots of stuff you yeah. just don't know it yeah yeah he's, he's so it's nice to see him pop up um Anyway, um, Melanie tells Mr. Bow that she wants to bring the kids by for another visit. And Mr. Bow is like, you look like an angel. And Melanie rolls her eyes at John and is like, he always says that. And then John, <laughs> who is still desperately trying to get Mr. Bow to like him, is like, well, you do look like one. And Mr. Bow's like, I said it first. And they almost like come to blows. But Melanie's like okay um i'm going back to class and then she gives mr bow some cash and it's like i love you and then john is really disappointed that mr bow didn't seem to like him and wonders if it's that he's jealous and melanie's like well he could be but he'll get over it and then john does like a worried nose whistle <laughs> Um, so back at the office, John is like raving about Melanie's apartment to Richard um, when <laughs> Elaine comes <laughs> and she had a toilet right next to where she eats. Right? <laughs> That's not plumbed into anything. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't, Grim. I need to see the blueprints because I don't understand how any of that works. No. <laughs> So, yeah, back at the office, John is raving about Melanie's apartment to Richard. Um, and then Elaine comes up to them asking why Mark has to be in court. And Richard's like, well, he's in trial, Elaine. That's where they do that sort of thing. And Elaine smells a rat, though, because she's like, it's Ali's trial. And Richard only put Mark on it so that he wouldn't be able to practice for the twisting contest. And Richard's like, don't be stupid. And they both walk off. But behind them, the elevator doors open and Mr. Bo is in them. But he just kind of hangs in the doorway. He doesn't really come into the office properly. Um, and John walks past to check his messages. And then he notices Mr. Bo like lurking. And it's like, oh, hey, Mr. Bo. And he goes to like walk towards him. But then the doors, he steps back into the elevator and the doors close and he disappears. Um, and Ling is watching this whole thing. And it's like, what are you doing? And John's like, did you see that homeless man? And Ling's like, gee, no. And my eyes are always peeled for them and walks <laughs> off. And then Melanie comes around the corner and John's like, did you see Mr. Bo was just here? And Mel's like, why? And John's like, well, I don't know, because as soon as he saw me, he hopped back on the elevator. Um, and then he's like, is he sane? And Melanie's like, yeah, he is. And John's like, I think he's after me. And Melanie's like, don't be silly. And John's like, well, why was he here? Which is a good question, John. <laughs> why? Why might he be there? So um, over in the courthouse, the receptionist is being questioned on the stand. Um, and I think, it, I don't know about you, Eleanor, but I think it's worth noting at this point, um, because it's the first time we've seen this woman, she's in no way fat, like, no. at all. I mean, she's like a straight-sized woman. Even if she was fat, like, this case is vapid as fuck. But yes, of the course. Fa the fact that she is... And I think this is like the this is what annoys me with cases like this that David E. Kelly does is it's just so kind of like hmm we really need to you know do a do a case um because fat people really aren't getting it enough like they're not they're not getting stigmatized enough like, like yeah and and, and it's like, like why but, cast an actress like if that's your message which is abhorrent but if that is your message why cast someone who is literally in no fat. way fat yeah yeah like it but i think it's just i don't i think it's just like i don't know like they're making it about the 
the principle of being able to fire someone because they've put on weight and it shouldn't matter like uh, like how how fat or not they've gotten it's just the principle of it it's just like I don't know it's just it's bizarre so irresponsible it's so irresponsible I mean yeah (sighs) absolutely I mean you've got to remember this is the time when you know they were showing pictures of like Jessica Simpson with a couple of extra pounds and being like look how fat she's gotten, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it was like, that woman has never been fat in her life. I don't know what. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, it is like the, the North, the, the 2000s were a real fucking uh, hellhole in regard yeah. to uh, body image for girls and women. Like, yeah. really, really horrible. And this didn't help. No. So, um, yeah. So this this receptionist says, well, first she came up and asked if I were retaining water. Um, And I said, I didn't know that my water retention scale was on the blink. Um, And then she was less subtle. And I was like, that was subtle. (laughs) And she said, I needed to drop at least five or I'd be let go. Um. And her lawyer asks if it was only the weight that was the problem for Jerry. And the receptionist says, oh, I got my hair cut once. And she said, oh, no, that doesn't work at all. Um, And finally, she called me in her office, said things weren't working out and fired me. Um, And she says I wasn't pretty enough. I'm like, first of all, like five pounds is like, like I can sneeze and gain or like lose five pounds. And I can also eat like be on my period and gain five pounds. Like five pounds is like... Nothing. nothing like it won't it's make any so material difference fl- like your body weight fluctuates all the live long day in the kind of like uh <laughs> yeah like it's so like nothing <sighs> it's just really fucked up this it point of view of the world but anyway up. so anyway ali then gets her turn to cross and she asks if she was actually told to drop five or she'd be let go um and the receptionist is like yeah right to my puffy face and ali's like so you were given a warning then and the receptionist then turns it back around to ali and says well when was the last time somebody told you to diet and ali gets all like riled whenever anyone comments on how she looks and it's like well i don't think that we need to get personal and the receptionist continues and it's like i hate it when thin people think they know what we go through just because their butt is a tad big they think they know what it's like to have a weight problem and ali is like my butt is not a tad big and the receptionist is like even if it was should you be fired for it and ali is like that's not the point and the receptionist is like well what is the point and ali just looks sternly and goes i have contour <laughs> <laughs> oh my god she can't help like, but getting her feelings about this stuff this is it's not so the funny. point but never mind um and as the judge and mark tried to get ali back on track she goes let me see your ass <laughs> and judge walsh again is like ms mcbeal um and ali recovers and then she continues and says well it seems i'm just placing too much importance on the way i look have you ever known people to do that Miss pip Um, And Miss Pip is like, yeah, all the time. And Ali then asks if she's ever known people who attach too much significance on the way other people look. And Miss Pip says, of course. So Ali says, do you make room for the possibility then that somebody could walk into my client's office, take a look at the receptionist and form a quick conclusion, not only about her, but about the company itself? Could that be possible? 
I'm like, no, because oh, we... no. Anyway. Oh, no. Someone's making an opinion about a company that they don't want to have. Oh, no. Heaven for fend. Like, I just... <laughs> Jesus fucking Ugh, Christ. That's a lot so to go stupid. through. I mean, and also the fact that you've got, like, uh, a woman who, like we say, is not in the slightest bit fat. Not that it, it matters. I don't understand. But when she I just don't there, understand. But, but when she sat there going, I really hate it when thin people, and it's like, you are one of the thin people. What are you talking about? So You're bizarre. One of them. <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. No, I know. So back at Cajun Fish, Ling is telling Nell that she has an incredible instructor called Sam Adams who can teach Nell how to dance. And Nell's like, you want me to dance with a dead president? And Ling's like, what president? Sam Adams is a beer, <laughs> which made me laugh because obviously it's a beer named after the dead president. But yeah, <laughs> Nell's like, no, thank you. I will not be entering the contest. And then they're interrupted by one of Melanie's squealing ticks, like somewhere in the background. And Ling just sighs in frustration. And it's like, oh, is that squealing thing always going to be here now? And I was like, yuck, 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 Shut yuck. Up. Don't like that. Shut no. up, Ling. One of the worst things about Ling at the moment is her like real aversion to Melanie's disability. Like it's really well, horrible. I hate it. Like acid tongued about it. You know what I mean? Just being yeah. really um, unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Melanie is still trying to reassure John that Mr. Bow is completely harmless, to which John says, well, so are post office employees right up until they eat fast food. And I was like, this is a reference I do not get. And I tried Googling like post office, fast food incident, America, 2001, like nothing came up. So I don't know what the fuck he's referring to or what to he means. With, uh... Hang on a second. Let me see if I can figure this out. <laughs> I couldn't work it out at all. I was like, I don't get it. What is this? Did something happen? I mean, there have been so many postal shootings. Well, I hope they wouldn't be making a joke about that. Wow, I wonder whether there was... Because there's like... Yeah, before this episode... There was like countless postal workers who like killed colleagues. Twenty one that I can see. Twenty since nineteen seventy um, incidents of like postal workers committing murder of of colleagues. Um, so I wonder whether one of them was like part of the. The timeline of it is famously they went to a fast food restaurant and I don't know if anyone in America can explain that joke yeah maybe part of the defense was something about you know fast food made me do it or something like fast food I don't made know. me angry I don't know <laughs> I feel like it would have come up in a google search more easily if that was well known but I don't know I don't know like anyone I say, in America, because there's so many, it'd be hard to pinpoint. Yeah, but but anyone in America does understand that reference. reference can explain. I should like surely to love be... to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, but John thinks that Mr. Bow is obsessed with Melanie because he gave him a menacing look on the street and then he came to his office um, and he doesn't want Melanie having another little special friend. And Melanie's like, but Mr. Bow would never hurt anybody. But John remains unconvinced and is like, I have a nose for trouble. And Melanie dismissively is like, yes, and I'm sure it whistles with alarm. <laughs> and John then takes offence at her disparaging his nose. Um, and Melanie apologises and is like, I'll talk to him and I'll handle everything. And then she sort of runs off. Um, so over with um, Ari, which is um, what I'm calling Ali and Larry, not Lally, because that's Ling and Ali. So uh, Ari. Yeah. Ari. Do we think? I don't know. Ari. You're a wizard, Ari. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, so they're at Ali's apartment that evening and um, Ali's telling Larry about the twist contest with the chubby checker actually being there performing. And Larry's like, the chubby? Well, I'm in. Um, and then she says, well, okay, well, you've got to help me now because... I'm in a completely no-win trial situation and I need you to give me an idea. And Larry's like, what do you mean a no-win trial? And Ali's like, did you not listen when I told you the facts? And Larry's like, sure, fired for being unattractive. And Ali is just like, you don't see anything wrong with that? Um, do you think that it's okay that people get hired and fired based on whether or not they're attractive? And Larry's like, um, Ali, you, you work at Cajun Fish. And Ali's like just staring at him blankly and it's like and and larry's like uh hmm um and he breaks the news to her that it's extremely well known that richard fish only hires babes and ali is like i beg your pardon like all incredulous but larry can't believe that she didn't know he's like it's practically on your firm's resume have you ever seen your firm's resume and ali tries to dismiss it but larry's like look you ling nell Georgia it's quite the kennel and Ali is like where did you hear this and Larry's like it's just out there like guys want to work there because of it so do a lot of women it's like being a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader and Ali does her like fake smile therapy smile because she is not impressed <laughs> I really love this because it's like it's like retcon it's like going no it th the women on this show aren't all hot because we're in tv land they're all hot because richard's a predatory <laughs> employer <laughs> but you know it does track yeah it absolutely <laughs> does and i really love it i think it's really funny <laughs> it explains everything <laughs> it does explain everything <laughs> now now we understand what uh richard's uh you know vision for his company it's like it all makes perfect yeah. sense <laughs> so back at the office it's late and john heads to the bathroom um when he opens the stall he finds mr bow just sitting there like a big old creepy creeperson and John, quite understandably, screams in his face <laughs> against this like backdrop of dramatic, scary music. And the camera sort of jump cut zooms into his screaming mouth. And then there's like a Looney Tunes like sound effect for running away really fast as he sort of zooms out of the bathroom and up the mezzanine stairs. Um, and as the scary like Buffy the Vampire Slayer bad guy sort of chimes of music continue, <laughs> Mr. Bow goes after him, but he was like too slow to see which way he ran so um yeah <laughs> cut to I mean, I mean I just have to say like 
homeless people need this crazy stereotype like a hole in the head like i mean i know like, they don't need this shit guys they've, they've got a hard nobody life needs anything from this show to be honest <laughs> oh dear yeah, so cut to Melanie slamming her hands on the desk saying, what do you mean you had him arrested? And John slams his hands on the opposite side of the desk saying, the man is stalking me, Melanie. And Melanie is super dismayed because she said that she would speak to him. But John is like, it went a little beyond talking. I was in danger. Um, and this is my... Because I get that Mr. Bo was being weird, but he is clearly a vulnerable member of society and calling the police on him when he had the option to call someone that he knows is a good friend of his first is just yuck. Like, I mean, like, what a Karen. Like, John, do you need to see the manager? Like, what the fuck? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes calling the police is a form of violence and uh, we need to be a lot more thoughtful with when it is appropriate to call the police. (laughs) It's just like, you know, Melanie can help him like you, why yeah. didn't you just call her but I, I think he's he's decided um that you know he can assess the situation better because he's a man um and he's decided that mr bow is dangerous and that melanie needs protecting from him so let's call the police like uh, yeah it's just so fucking atrocious like, yeah outrageous behavior Agreed. Um, so melanie like shoots back at john how could you do that do you know how traumatized he'll be being arrested and john slash karen is like how traumatized <laughs> do you think i was going in for my evening poopy and finding him in my stool um and all through this they keep like ticking each other but like borrowing each other's so melanie's mm. like um they're both doing melanie's like whoop whoops and and john's poughkeepsies like from both sides um and elaine is like eavesdropping on this conversation from the other side of john's office door when richard walks by and it's like what's going on because we know that he can't resist the gossip um and elaine is like oh they're fighting about something and richard's like oh it doesn't sound good do you think the little guy needs help and elaine's like i don't know anyway when ling said she was a champion twister has she actually won a competition and which is like i don't know elaine but i'll tell you this i've made love to ling and if she can twist half as well as she can uh contort you've got no chance and i was like hang on richard you've not had sex with elaine so how do you know yeah yeah, she's got no chance But at that moment, Melanie slams the door open and storms out as John yells after her. And I don't even have Tourette's. I was just pretending so I could get a little action. And I was like, John has a real Please. nasty streak sometimes. John. Like, <laughs> like John nice. sounds ridiculous. Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then John turns to Elaine and Richard, who aren't even pretending not to be listening. And he's like, where's the concern for my welfare? I ask you that. And then he goes back in his office and slams the door as Richard is like, he, he didn't even wait for my answer. And then John opens the door again and just screws up his nose at both of them until they like leave. <laughs> it's just really weird. Oh, God. Oh, dear. 
So the next day at court, Jerry is on the witness stand putting across her argument and she's saying, it isn't just about a first impression, which is important. The reception area is also the waiting room. Waiting is not fun. It helps to mitigate the impatience when they at least get to sit with a pretty girl in the room. In fact, and this may sound chauvinistic, but it's nevertheless true, put a beautiful woman in the room and men are happy. And Ali, who is living in a heteronormative world, and she is a heteronormative girl, asks, but what about the women who are waiting? (laughs) And Jerry says, believe it or not, they enjoy it too. Again, this may sound gender biased to say, but most women, especially my clients, are extremely fashion conscious. Look at you, like meaning Ali. Um, Women love to look at the clothes. It helps for my reception to look like models. The clothes on them look better. Miss Pip is 10 pounds shy of a moo-moo. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, first of all, Moo Moo just makes me think of The Simpsons. Where he's like, yes. oh, I don't want to look like a weirdo. I'll just go with a Moo Moo. <laughs> but also, what? Like, this pit is just an average size woman. woman. Like, I like... wouldn't even think to use the word fat about her. Like, it no. is just blowing my damn mind, this storyline. It's just, uh, it's just awful. It's all awful here. Oh, I just can't mm-hmm. believe it. What no, the hell? I, I can't believe it's... this passes muster. I just, yeah. I can't believe that no one previewed this and was like, this makes no <laughs> sense. Like, this woman's not fat. <laughs> but anyway, then um, the opposing counsel gets to cross-examine and they ask, um, you feel no compunction about firing someone because they're not good looking enough? And Jerry's like, well, if I've learned anything from public relations, it's that packaging counts. And the lawyer wonders if it's okay to discriminate on the basis of packaging, quote unquote. And Jerry counters that Ms. Pip didn't protest when she hired her on her looks. And the opposing counsel then asks about her publicists. And Jerry's like, well, that's different. I hire them on talent and skill. But the opposing counsel was like, yeah, but I would imagine a beautiful publicist would make for a better presentation. Um, Hoping to like hoist her by her own petard. But Jerry just brazens it out and is like, well, yeah. And then the lawyer's like, so skill levels being equal, you'd hire the prettier publicist. And Jerry says, in an eye blink, am I the first person on earth to think that? And the opposing counsel was like, no, you're not, Miss Hill. There's plenty more where you came from. And I was like, how are we just boiling what people have to offer down to packaging? I know. But also... Miss Pip's packaging is just like so not even remotely comment worthy. Like even if I was fat phobic, like I wouldn't think to comment on her. Do you know what I mean? Like like, it's just I don't I don't know like I'm just kind of (laughs) who walks around being like, I'm entitled to be surrounded by hot women only, like in Uh, real life. (laughs) Eleanor, Richard Fish. (laughs) We know, we know him. We've been to there. Yes, yes, this is true. <laughs> I was forgetting the um, dickhead in universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I just—it's—it's it's basically this kind of stuff. Always reminds me of that clip from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks with that that kid being like, "What about my knob?" <laughs> <laughs> one of the best clips of all time it is it's just like men being like what about my knob (laughs) (laughs) 
what you are and that that is what you are that is all you are and you're ridiculous <laughs> i know <sighs> so um over with nell and ling nell is still trying to put up a fight about these dance lessons but ling is like just one lesson and then you'll want to do it and nell's like I do not like my eggs with spam. I do not twist with Sam. I am <laughs> well, clearly a Dr. Zeus fan. Um, and Ling's like funny. And then she starts moving to the door announcing, well, he's here. And Nell's like, well, send him away. But before she can, Ling opens the door and Sam walks in accompanied by a Samba beat. Um, and that's because his packaging is a hot Latino hunk of junk. Um, and he's played <laughs> by a man called um, Cheyenne or Cheyenne who I believe is supposed is like well known in Latino me- music circles for being a singer um because he was in like a popular Latino like boy band from quite mm. a young age a bit like Ricky Martin not the same mm. boy band but that vibe um mm. and anyway Nell's mind is like immediately flipped as she like flaps her mouth She's open like, as soon oh, as he walks in the door and then she like whips he'd be my teacher <laughs> She like whips her glasses off as Ling walks Sam over to introduce them. And now she's just got this like dumb grin on her face and she reaches her hand out to like shake his hand. And he's like, your hands are very cold. And Ling's like, they're getting hotter. And Sam is like, it would, um, he's like, it would be my pleasure to be your partner. And now it's like, maybe one lesson. And Ling's like, I am vindicated. <laughs> so... Back in the courthouse, Mr. Bow is having his case heard. And just as proceedings are getting going with the various sides, like introducing the case, Melanie stands up from the gallery and says, "Um, I would actually like to drop those charges. This was all a mistake. And the judge is like, are you you the victim? And Melanie's like, no, but I do know the victim. Um, And the judge is like, well, you can't just decide that the charges should be dropped if you're not the victim. But then John enters the room and says that he is the victim him and there was evidently a mistake and he would like the case to be dismissed and the judge is like wait you thought he was stalking you and now you think that that's an error and John's like yep that's correct I overreacted and so the judge bewildered dismisses the case and just orders John to pay the court costs um and they file out wasting everyone's time John (laughs) yeah so back at Cajun Fish, Ali is asking Richard for the firm's resume. And Richard's like, why? That's for clients. Um, and this is funny because these days, all of this would just be online for anyone to see now. So yes. it's just quite funny to yes. see how they're treating this. But anyway, Ali pushes him and he gets, as in presses him, like doesn't actually physically push him, but she's like, no, I want to see the resume. And he gets out this like comically large ring of keys um, and he unlocks the drawer, which then triggers an alarm, which he switches off with a remote, of course. And then he gets it out and hands it over. And Ali starts flicking through it and she (laughs) reads, our lawyers have legs to stand on. (laughs) And Richard's like, fishism, no biggie. (laughs) And Ali asks Richard again if she was hired for her looks. And Richard's like, Ali, did we know each other in law school? And Ali's like, not really. And he's like, did I interview you for the job? And she's like, no. Did I ask to see a reference or transcript? No. So all I had to go on was looks. Why bite the hand that wants to touch you as he goes for her like wattle and it swiftly slaps away. 
And Ali is incensed and says, so this had nothing to do with my ability as a lawyer. And Richard is like, what ability? I'm still looking for that. I was like, us too. But it's really funny. It's like, Ali, you don't do any work. Like, I don't know. You've literally got none. (laughs) Yeah. But then he's like, kidding, Ali, you, Ling, Nell, you're smart. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. But you have to remember, people hate lawyers. Clients think we're only out to screw them. It's just easier being screwed by a beautiful woman. Vulgarism, but... And Ali is outraged and starts storming out. But Richard calls after her. Don't tell me you don't trade on your looks every day, Ali. You wake up each morning, you pull out the lip gloss, the rouge, the blush. What for? To brush up your intellect? And Ali (sighs) is like... Oh, and just leaves because <laughs> Richard uh, is being dismal. I just it's one, and this is the frustrating thing is that like when you have a man writing a show like this, um, and you have him put this argument in in a man's mouth in terms of like, well, why else do you wear makeup? And all he can give to the female character in retort is just like scoffs and like offended sort of noises is like it's really fucking irritating because yeah it's like you're not representing like the the many reasons women may or may not wear makeup like because well, he not... can't comprehend any other no, reason. Exactly. I mean, David E. Kelly. <laughs> exactly. And it's really frustrating because it's just like, uh, you you can't, the, yeah, that's literally all the audience is left with is like, oh, well, she has no retort. That must mean there is no retort. And it's like, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. It's just he doesn't fucking know it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so... We, we go on over to Nell's office, accompanied by the sexy sounds of a salsa. And Sam is showing Nell that she can, in fact, salsa and that she's actually very good. And I was like, that's a stretch, Sam, because she looks pretty stiff from where I'm sitting. But anyway, <laughs> Elaine <know>. creeps. <laughs> Elaine is sort of... Elaine sort of creeps in the doorway um, and sees them and starts watching them. And they don't see her because they've got her their backs to, to the doorway. And then she turns and leaves before they do get to see her. And she marches right into Ali's office. And it's like, excuse me, can you give me a minute? And Ali at first goes to leave. But then she's like, wait a minute, this is my office. And <laughs> Elaine is like, oh, that's right. Secretaries don't get offices. Secretaries get stations. I should know my station in life by now, shouldn't I? And Ali's like, okay, what's the matter? <laughs> and it turns out that Elaine is feeling defeated about the twisting contest um, because she says, Nell has a professional instructor. Ling's a champion. And Nell has this Latin pelvic machine. And Ali is like, the contest is for charity but elena's like i don't care you people win at everything i'm sick of you people never mind and ali is like (laughs) who is you people and elaine's like ali i don't have a law degree i didn't even go to college there's not much out there for me to oh forget it i wouldn't expect you to understand but ali's going head on with this one and is like elaine let me tell you something okay i may have a law degree but i was hired here for being a babe and Elaine like laughs and is like, oh, right. Yeah, you, you're a babe. Come on, you're hardly. And then she sees Ali's face <laughs> giving her like an evil stare. And she like hastily is like, 
I'm sure that's not true. And Ali is like, it is. I may have an education, but I got my job as Richard's trophy. So don't think that you have the priority on the esteem blues. And I'm like, Ali, it's completely oh, different. On. Like, yeah, I don't know. So, I just... <laughs> Where do you get off not recognising your own privilege, I woman? Mean, I mean, so... <laughs> Elaine, like I don't know why you're upset. Like you can easily outdance now, like oh, any day. In a heartbeat. Any day. Yeah. So like, Elaine is like, whatever Richard might think, you know better, Ali. You are smarter. You do have the education. You can walk down the street feeling. And then she's like, me, I dance better, or maybe not. And Ali's like, well, do you think you'd feel better if you won the contest? And Elaine's like, well, I think I'd feel better than if I'd lost it. Poor Elaine. She but just like, wants to win at dancing. I'm just like, but you're an inventor, Elaine. Like, you, yeah. you made the face bra, TM. Like, <laughs> Patent pending. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know. I but you know, know, people don't see themselves the way other people the see them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. So yeah, so... Um, yeah, so over at the side of town that Melanie's school is on, John has come to her classroom as she is packing up after class and um, to ask Melanie how Mr. Bo is. And Melanie is prickly, understandably, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, he's fine. We're really glad you recanted just quite coldly. And John says that he really was frightened. And Melanie points out what I said, which is that he should have called her instead of the police. And I was like, exactly. Um, And she said, calling the police was stupid. He isn't an animal just because he's homeless. And John's like, please don't call me stupid. And I understand that he's not an animal. But John still clearly doesn't understand the relationship between Mr. Bow and Melanie because he asks Melanie why Mr. Bow is so important to her. And Melanie says, he's my father. And then understanding suddenly floods John's face as we fade to black. And then we pick up again after what I think was probably originally an ad break because John is like, well, why didn't you tell me? And Melanie's like, well, I guess it was because I was embarrassed to have a homeless father. And John's shaking his head saying, well, I didn't think you let yourself feel ashamed about anything. And Melanie's like, I'm not ashamed. I'm embarrassed. I have nothing to be ashamed of except maybe being embarrassed. I am ashamed about being embarrassed, but I'm not ashamed. And John's like, okay. And then Melanie admits finally to herself more than anything, I am ashamed. I'm ashamed about being embarrassed about my own father. And John asks if there's anything that they can do to help him. But Melanie explains that it's not about that for him. This is the society he chooses to live in. I put him in shelters. He has places to stay when it's cold. Um, But John is like, well, what about mental health? Like if he's choosing to be homeless... And Melanie says, well, the pressures of ordinary life were beginning to break him down mentally. And since he's been on the streets, he's more peaceful than I've ever seen him. He's a kind man, John. I wanted you to meet him because he's a wonderful person. He's just a little different. And John's like, well, the last woman I dated, her father thought he was Santa Claus. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you really can pick him, can't you? (laughs) (laughs) And John asks if he can talk to Mr. Bow and let him know that he knows about him being her father. And Melanie is like, well, he'll probably want to wrestle you. And that's probably why he came to your office. And John's like, I beg your pardon. And he doesn't look thrilled at the prospect of wrestling Mr. Bow. But Melanie's like, please just let him be. 
and I will promise I will get him to leave you alone and then they have a hug and reconcile so it's really sad like it's really sad situation having a parent in that kind of sort of scary position you know I know it is it must be but also scary to know that your your parent prefers sleeping on the street to living a you know quote-unquote normal life um like I feel and I yeah I feel really sorry for her like the kind of uh, grappling with those feelings of Mm, sort mm, of shame and embarrassment and it's um I thought it was interesting that they chose to show a depiction because they've shown homeless people before but I feel like this depiction is slightly different in that it's not that he's homeless through circumstance it's like a choice Mm. for his mental his mental health is like I cannot cope with the real quote-unquote real world like this Mm. makes me happier than living in you know mainstream society um life and it's like he could have easily have gone to like a commune or something like that but instead he's and that would be like maybe seen as a little odd but not not what you might be ostracized in the same way that you would if you decided to just live on the street um so it's it's just interesting isn't it yeah um but anyway back in the other courtroom um in the receptionist case they're hearing um closing arguments and the prosecution um is saying well the prosecution says um my wife is a real estate broker she sells million dollar homes and before every showing, she gets there early and puts various floral arrangements around the house, a bowl of fruit on the dining table. And I ask her, I say, people are about to down, put down millions of dollars on a house. Do a few flowers and a bowl of fruit really mean anything? And she says, you'd be surprised. Packaging is everything today. Movies today get made not on content, but on the basis of marketability. Will it open? Television is the same thing. If an audience can't grasp the concept quickly, then it's gone cars fashion you name it what sells is cosmetic that's the world we live in okay i get it but when it comes to people to human beings are we really prepared to say that that's okay to judge a person by physical appearance instead of talent instead of character are we to really accept that and then he points at ms pip going she is a human being a person for god's sake not a countertop she puts in nine years she served her company company faithfully her skills were never questioned and she was fired because her face started to look puffy is that what we've come to it's your decision and then ali closes and says unfortunately it's not your decision. You don't get to decide the world that we live in. Of course, we would all like one where people don't go around judging each other on looks and maybe one day we will. But for now, you have to consider my client's actions in the context of the world we live in today. And you know, everything that Mr. Stone said is true. We exalt the first impression. We might profess you can't judge a book by its cover, but in fact, and any good publisher will tell you this, that the key to a bestseller is in fact the cover. People walk into bookstores and buy based on the jacket. We choose our president on who looks the best. I just found out that I got my job based on my appearance, my pretty face, my slender legs, (laughs) the perfect contour of my buttocks. Does that make me proud? No, but it is the reality. And here's another one. 
Jerry Hill is in the business of selling first impressions. She runs a public relations firm. How can a client trust her if the first impression that she makes isn't a good one? The receptionist is there to greet. The receptionist is the first impression. She is part of the packaging that wraps up what Jerry Hill has to sell. And Mr. Stone has admitted to you what the real world is. He's arguing that Jerry Hill shouldn't get to live in it. And I was like, everyone needs to stop saying package. (laughs) I'm just like, when did he say that Jerry Hill wasn't allowed to live in the world? (laughs) The real world. The real world. But I just like I, I I just really didn't like how everyone just kept saying package in that. It was just like stop saying packaging. I, I think it was We're so talking about fun. people. I, I really love like how narcissistic Ali is, like in terms of So being, funny. Like, okay, so like I was hired because I was so hot. Let me just list for you the ways that I am hot, just so you're clear on how hot I am. Now, obviously, I'm not proud of being this hot um, and the unfair advantages it gives me. Obviously, it's also completely irrelevant to this case that I'm arguing, but I saw an opportunity to slip it in there. And I'm so hot that I just did it. So like you're welcome like what is a hot person (laughs) supposed to do like use my hot influence to uh advocate for less discrimination in the world that doesn't sound like something a hot person would do so and like i say i'm very hot so (laughs) (laughs) and what hot people have to do is every time they get a chance to tell you how hot they are they have to take it otherwise they lose hot points so i mean i've got a score to keep up here (laughs) My hot points cannot dwindle. I cannot take it. Oh my God. Otherwise I might lose my job. And then where will we be? I will be unemployed, but still hot. She's <laughs> just so funny. God. Yeah. Um, so next we see John going to visit Mr. Bow against Melanie's advice again. Um, he walks up to him, um, past lots of other sort of homeless people crowded around, um, like fires in bins and stuff to keep warm. Um, and Mr. Bow says that he ought to thank John for the room and board, <laughs> i.e. the cell that he's been held in. <laughs> um, and John says to Mr. Bow that he didn't know that he was just being an over- overprotective father. And Mr. Bow is like, well, people don't always treat her right. So I needed to check up. And John was like, well, you were smart to hang out in the bathroom then. What were you looking for? A stool sample? (laughs) And then Mr. Bow sort of comes closer to John, like overbearingly. And it's like, do you love her? And John's like, well, I think I might. Yes. And I was like, oh. Um, But then Mr. Bow is very solemn and says, well, then. I must wrestle you. And John's like, Mr. Bo, I am a grown man. And what I'd like to do instead of wrestling is get you some help. But then Mr. Bo just goes, chicken, just a minute, you little squirt. And whips off his like cape that he's wearing. And John's like, oh God. Um, so <laughs> back in court, we hear the ruling of Ali's case. And by God, Will we have a lot to say about this in our retrial minisode for Patreon? Because somehow Ali has won the fucking case. And the judge rules in favour of the defendant. And Ali congratulates Jerry. And Jerry says with her tongue firmly in her cheek, thank you. Your closing was so effective. One might think you believed what you were saying. Um, But then she sort of follows up with, 
I didn't invent the way things work, you know. And Ali's like, no, but you perpetuate it. To which Jerry throws back, and you sure, you're sure you don't? And then Mark, who's in between them, is trying to diffuse the atmosphere and is like, um, Jerry, we're going to this like twisting contest if you want to. And then Ali thumps his shoulder in disgust and he's like, maybe not. <laughs> like, I'm like, guys, guys, you can both be handmaidens of the patriarchy. Like, you don't have to fight over it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so over we go to the bar where Chubby is singing Dancing Party, one of his lesser known hits, certainly to me, um, as Richard in, I think we've got several fashion moments in this scene because (laughs) Ling and Richard are wearing full 50s gear leather jacket in Richard's case and a sleeveless like pink lady style shirt. Um, in Ling's case and she's got like her hair up in like a high ponytail yeah um, and they're both like marveling at the fact that Chubby Checker is really not dead and Ling like tilts <laughs> her head to one side and it's like are you sure <laughs> and then on the other side of the bar Nell um, is chewing the straw of her drink saying that she's nervous to Sam and they are dressed another fashion moment in full salsa red um, like Sam's got this like red satin shirt on and Nell's wearing a red dress with like a flower behind her ear and her long flowing cascading curls and Sam's like you're ready now the secret to dance any dance is sex you need to make love to the dance everything else will follow and I was like okay Um, and then over with Elaine and Mark Elaine's doing like zen yoga like I deep know, breathing I love, I like as meditative breathing it's really funny yeah and Mark like looks at her and is like I hope you're channeling some rhythm my way <laughs> um, and while all of that is going on Mr. Bo has got John in a headlock um in the street um and is wrestling him with all of his like homeless buddies like cheering and clamoring as this is all going on um and they sort of um wrestling around until mr bow breathes all over john and john like visibly recoils at his bad breath long enough for mr bow to like pin him down for three counts and win the match and mr bow gets up and he's all pleased and everyone's cheering for him and then he turns to john and is like all right you're a little wiry but you can date her and john is like is this how you judge a person um, by how well they wrestle and mr bow's like well there are worse ways to measure a man and john says mr bow I'm going to say something to you that my father once said to me, you are a total kookball. (laughs) And Mr. Bo asks John if he wants to stay for supper because he's got a piece of salmon for the hibachi. And John's like, homeless people eat salmon now. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Um, So back at the bar, um, Chubby Checker himself is now singing the twist the thing that everyone's there for and everyone is having a grand old time waiting to kind of start the contest like everyone is like cheering 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 um we see mr bow has come along with melanie and john um and then chubby starts twisting and then everyone starts twisting in the competition and we just kind of see the couples in turn um and um the couples like in their couples twisting apart from melanie and mr bow are still um are dancing and john's sort of we don't really see john he just sort of i don't know if he was sat down or whether he was floating behind them and i just didn't see them (laughs) but like the couples all dancing the couples melanie's mr bow but then renee is just like on her own 
doing I a sort of stiff <laughs> twist. I was like, this is the only thing she does in this whole episode is stand on her own and twist like a loner <laughs> that she shouldn't be. I was like, this is unacceptable. I really don't like how they're like, I, I don't know. I just feel like they, I mean, we know that they massively sidelined her like in this season. And obviously they just, don't they just get rid of her than last season? Well, don't forget, she was going through... I'm not saying they treated her well, but she was... Um, this may yeah, be I know around the time that she was having her own mental health, health struggles. Really so bad. I wonder if yeah. they would... I wonder if they were just putting her in where they could so that they could maybe, yeah, pick maybe up with that her all she felt pretty she easily. I don't know. Um, I just thought it was a bit sad, just her on her own, just it's twisting like, in a corner. Yeah, like, why don't you ever show, like, Renee living her best life and, you know, just dancing with a nice man or, you know, just like... Why? Um. So everyone's everyone's twisting, trying their best, but falling pretty short, <laughs> except for Elaine, who... I have to say, another final fashion moment. She is looking so good in her, like, pink leather, like, pedal pusher yeah. with the sparkly trim. Yeah. And she's twisting, like, her little life depends on it. And she catches the eye of Chubby Checker, who kind of butts in and marks out of the picture. And he sort of starts dancing with her instead. And then um ling is like seething on the sidelines that you know she's clearly not going to be winning the contest because she's like this is not fair she gets chubby what do i get and richard says possibly the most disgusting thing i've ever heard which is like we'll get you chubby later and i was like no i don't want to think about that um and then ling's like i want that one (laughs) and then Elaine is having the time of her goddamn life because she like jumps on Chubby's yeah. leg. <laughs> like, I know. It's so funny. As always, I am here for Elaine living her best life yeah. when it involves the bar. Absolutely. Um so, um, and at the end of the evening, Melanie is walking home with Mr. Bo and with John, and she says, um, she's saying that she really wants Mr. Bo to just once spend the night at her house. Um, but Mr. Bo is like, well, actually, I'd rather stay in my own home, thanks. Um, and Melanie's like, well, why don't we all get something to eat? And Mr. Bo is like, no, the toad and I already ate. And Melanie's like, don't call him the toad. And John then calls him a kook ball again. And Melanie goes to stand in between them. And um, and then Mr. Bo says to Melanie, can I just say no more, no more, Mr. Bo? Can you call me dad? And Melanie's really touched and is like, I was never ashamed of you. I just... And Mr. Bo says, didn't want people to know. And Melanie's like, oh, daddy. And Mr. Bo's like, I know, honey. And then they're having this touching moment. And John just decides to pipe up going, no, you don't. Why should you even presume to know? And then they, Mr. Bo and John start bickering again until <sighs> Melanie is like, all right. And John's like, she brings her class to see you. She brought me to meet you to my insurmountable dismay does that sound like she's ashamed all the people in her life she wants you to know and for them to know you and if that's not loving mr bow's like god didn't make little green apples and then they go to bicker again and melanie stops it escalating again and mr bow's like look if fats domino ever plays at the bar and john's like he would pin you in a second and mr bow's like just concentrates on melanie now and it's like don't be a stranger 
And then they say that they love each other. And then Mr. Bo points at John and it's like, he's okay. And Melanie's like, yeah, he is. And then Mr. Bo walks off to join his um, other street buddies as Vol- as Vonda is singing Mr. Bo Jangles over the soundtrack. And Melanie and John watch him go back to his um, homeless life. And Melanie's like, oh, I wish I could do more to help him. And John's like, well, he's living the life he wants to, Melanie. And Melanie's like, yeah, I think he's happy. And John's like, yeah, he may very well be. And then they walk off home. Um, I just thought that was a bit of an odd scene because Melanie and Mr. Bo were having like quite a touching moment where he was like, call me dad. And she's like, I'm not ashamed. And they were like, it was all about to be nice. And then John was like, you don't even know anything. <laughs> I'm like, why did you have to butt in? Like, it like, wasn't your John, conversation. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, I think the show i really and there's a thing that i think is uh there's this thing where in shows and um there's this kind of idea where if two people can bicker a lot that means they like each other or something like do you yeah. know what i mean like oh they're comfortable yeah, enough but to it bicker felt- and and it was just and I think it's trying to to show that, but it's just like like you say, right in the middle of like what is quite a poignant moment with Melanie. Yeah, and like it's like now's not the time for this. Now's not the rubbish. time for bickering. <laughs> like, but also, it didn't come across as bickering. It came across as like banter bickering it came across as john trying to make quite a serious point and getting genuinely frustrated yeah, with just, him I d- yeah and i was like I, it just something didn't add up with that no, dialogue it just was I, weird it was i mean i yeah i uh, yeah john's not been great this episode i have to say <laughs> no <laughs> um so back at the office, Elaine is admiring her trophy as Ali and Larry have popped back up for Ali to get her coat. And as they walk past Elaine's desk, they congratulate her and they're like, oh, how does it feel? And Elaine's like, oh, you know. And Ali's like, like the Tin Man when he got his heart. And Elaine's like, this is something, Ali. It is something. And Ali's like, yeah, I know. And she goes to get her coat and leaves Elaine with Larry. And Larry smiles and goes, it's really shiny. And Elaine then snappishly is like, yes, it is. Do you think I could enjoy it for one evening before you and Ali strip it of any luster? And Larry's like, oh, yeah, you you should enjoy it forever. But it's where you display it. That's key. If you put it on the mantelpiece, it says to the world that this is who or what you are. And you're way more than this. Stick it in a drawer. You're saying this is something you've done. In a drawer, it doesn't tarnish so easily. So keep it, Elaine. It's yours. You want it. Just don't hold yourself up to it. And Elaine is like staring up at Larry because obviously he's stood and she's down and she just looks like this little girl like drinking in everywhere. Like, oh, like mind blown. Like, oh, I'm uh, yeah. more than this trophy. Can, um, I, can I object? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, what sure. What <laughs> Like, this is my because ob- I'm like uh? Larry just let her enjoy the fucking trophy like I'm just like just uh, you can uh, you can know you are more than your trophies you've won and simultaneously 
like enjoy them enjoy it and be proud of winning them like uh, i think this because he, he's kind of basically saying like the only healthy way to achieve is to like hide your achievements like yeah yeah like put them away like um Put them away in a drawer. Hide your light under that, a bushel, Elaine. Yeah, it's like, unbecoming don't, of a don't woman. Don't display your achievements because that that's unhealthy. That that says you need like validation, and it's like everyone needs some form of validation in some way. Like uh, that that you is don't a basic hear, like, human. Men telling men need. to like. Put put your golf trophies in a drawer. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I just and also I just don't like the way this show is is constantly like and it's always Elaine. It's like don't forget always Elaine. Don't forget Elaine's a super sad character. Like she needs validation. Yeah. Like I know, really sad. I know. What a sad woman! Like you know what, what I mean. What a sad little life, Elaine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> what a sad little life. Yeah, <laughs> like, get off I my know. property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so. I feel sorry. Elaine's like really hot. Elaine and Renee, so hard done by for this I show. I know. I know. Uh, so anyway elaine is like drinking in um larry's supposed wisdom um as ali comes back and asks if elaine's coming and she's like oh in a minute you go ahead and they leave and elaine just sort of looks at her trophy um and vonda starts up singing pearl's a singer um and because there's i think there's a verse in it that is very pertinent to winning a competition or something or being in a bar or singing or I don't know performing so it's relevant um can't remember the exact words but I remember (laughs) thinking oh this is relevant um and yeah and (laughs) Elaine's looking at her trophy and she's sort of kissing it and then she opens a cupboard as if to put it in but we don't see her put it in because she's just sort of hugging the trophy as the episode fades out um and I was like don't put it in the cupboard. Yeah, it's like <laughs> keep it yeah, on your don't, desk. Don't forget, she's super sad. Like, um, <laughs> but she needs to pretend that she's not super sad. So she will be hiding it in the cupboard. She just needs to hug it for a little bit first. <laughs> like, squeeze as much enjoyment as you can get out of it now before she pretends that she doesn't care about her achievement. Like, because Larry, Mr. Cool Larry has told her that that's the healthy way to deal with your achievements like i know i hate it (laughs) yeah so that was the episode just a little light sprinkling of fat phobia and a lane bashing for you yeah not too bad as the show goes we've definitely had worse (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah, I thought I have to say uh, I think I said it earlier, but the way that they sh- the show depicted that angle to homelessness that isn't always shown because I think people often assume when you see homeless people that it's like oh they've gone into financial difficulties they can't keep their shit together or they're addicts or do you know what I mean yeah. like but there's like a very real slice um, and I don't know the percentage because I don't think anyone's tracking it necessarily but there is a real slice of the homeless population who just for their mental health have chosen not to be part of 
like yeah, I, mainstream I do, society. I, yeah, I can't say now I'm that an expert there is on it, but there is yeah, some I have argument. Heard that. I have heard that. But there is there is an argument to be said about whether we as a mainstream society should be doing more to support people who have mental health problems such that they don't feel that that is their only option. But I did think that it was an interesting story to tell um, and to show. So that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. So (laughs) Verdict of the week. The jury's back. So... I'm giving my verdict of guilty to John. Um, oh. So just in, like, in part, like the, you know, your objection to uh, calling the, the police and stuff, but it, it is just it speaks to a larger issue of like, you don't trust Melanie's assessment of things. You don't tr- you mm. are ignoring and not trusting that she knows what's best in this situation. Yeah. That she understands this situation better than you do. And you just you're just like ignoring every like when she says like, oh no, don't go to him, and then he just big fat goes to him anyway. Goes, and it's yeah. like, well, you just let Melanie handle things with her father like she said she would. Like, I know, you I know. do not know enough and you John's are clearly like, not... No, no, no. Let the men talk. Yes, I know. It's like, you are clearly not equipped to deal with this guy, like, and his life. Like, you... No. You are not. Like, Bad. you are... She is the expert on her father. Like, you are patently not. Like, so... <laughs> just uh-uh. listen to your fucking girlfriend. Trust the word of your girlfriend like it's really basic (laughs) yeah I know I I agree with that um I think so yeah my verdict of the week is is different in that I've given Ali a guilty for just being completely oblivious to her own fucking like white lady privilege and like not facing into the fact sooner that she gets places because of how she looks like the fact that that came as such a fucking surprise to her is really like just (laughs) not only telling but like just just I, I don't know like she just irritated me this episode with her like holier than thou outrage at that being the case and I was like well if you don't want to be where you are because of how you look then quit like if it bugs you that much like you've got enough privilege to be able to get another job somewhere Mm. like clearly you don't mind that much otherwise you'd move on do you know what I mean Um, if you were that perturbed by the idea that you are being used as like eye candy and like uh yeah like window dressing to attract clients then you would just be like okay I'm gonna start looking for other jobs that that and she's had enough she's had enough experiences at that firm now like she's been there three plus years now to know that Richard puts her in situations because of her looks yeah and if it wasn't apparent to her before now those experiences would at least have you know set an alarm bell ringing if she truly cared that much about yeah. not being in that position or being put in that position um i just feel like uh, 
I just I'm just tired of her whinging about that and acting so sort of uh hard done by about it but then doing absolutely nothing about it and continuing to benefit from it like yeah i'm not like fuck off yeah and also (laughs) just like like you say um it's that kind of like acting like that naive to it like yeah i'm so innocent i'm that i never even occurred to me that this might be happening like like you're a grown woman you yeah. must be aware like and she is aware like don't give me that like she's so aware because she's so keen to impress upon people how pretty she is at every fucking opportunity Turn. yeah like like she gets extremely offended when anyone implies that she might not be pretty or she might not be like she you she can't always... have your cake and eat it do you know what i mean yeah, like like absolutely like, not not um, that i think Callista was eating any cake <laughs> i mean at that time. it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like I, I just though you know why have cake if you're not gonna eat it <laughs> well yeah i agree but um that phrase I just, makes no difference it makes no sense i don't you, yeah i know yeah but you know what i mean like you can't have it both ways is what yeah, i'm trying to say uh, yeah no, yeah I, yeah i i don't um you can't insist that everyone calls you pretty and then be like but why are you giving me all this benefit for being pretty yeah you know? yeah why why like uh, it, it's that kind of refusal to um it's like you want all the uh benefits of pretty privilege but you don't want it to be acknowledged as you are getting this because you're pretty. Privilege. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 I... It's I very weird. Yeah, it's very uh, hypocritical. Yeah, I don't, I, that's my least favourite alley, hypocritical alley, and unfortunately, there's a lot of her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was Mr. Bo. What did you think uh, of that? What well, well, words? Um, yeah. What did you think of that episode? Did you like seeing more about Melanie's kind of backstory and rounding out her back story? Back. <laughs> I can't. I'm tired. I need to... <laughs> You're still ill. Did you enjoy it? Yes. No. Maybe. Thumbs up, thumbs down. (laughs) Don't give me any more than that. I can't handle full sentences, okay? I just don't want to know. Just reply with a thumbs up or a thumbs down and let that be (laughs) the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, you can contact us with full sentences at many places. So uh, we are on Twitter at Bygones Podcast. We are on Instagram at Bygones Pod, Facebook search for bygones podcast or you can email us at bygonespodcast at gmail.com and hopefully we won't be too long before providing you with another episode we're gonna try and stick to somewhat three weekly schedule but you know don't hold out any hope i (laughs) anything can happen (laughs) we're just doing our best over here okay we're just doing doing our our goddamn best (laughs) And we, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, please cut us some slack. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, uh, it's free yeah. content, guys. Like, it's free. <laughs> it's 
free <laughs> desperately like still listen to us we love you all but we're only human yeah um like, yeah no it, thank you all for sticking with us thank you especially to our patreons i have to say and um, we have yes. paused our patreon billing for march and april so um because we didn't release any content and we didn't want you to have to pay for stuff um that we said would be there that isn't there um and uh yeah we uh uh, are very grateful that you're stuck with us if you have the, so um, yeah showing support yeah definitely thank you guys so until next time whenever that might be <laughs> bygones <laughs> bygones <laughs> bygones I knew a man Bojangles and he danced for you in worn out shoes Silver hair, a ragged shirt, and baggy pants. The old soft shoes. He jumped so high, jumped so high. Then he'd lightly touch down. 